Minnow Middle got you down. Crush your sugar cravings with delicious all-natural Bossa Bars from Menopause. Created to help women manage weight loss and energy during the pause. Try them at bossabars.com and save 10% with code HOTCOOL10. Welcome to Hot Flashes and Cool Topics podcast, the voice for women in midlife and beyond. At Hot Flashes and Cool Topics, we talk about anything and everything to do with midlife. My name is Colleen. My name is Bridget. And today we are talking feng shui. Don't say that quickly because it can come out sounding completely different. And when I see people say that they kind of set up their rooms in feng shui manners, I think it's really cool, but I have no idea what it is. So we went looking for an expert and we found Christina Hollinger, who is a feng shui consultant. She's also an author and she's been featured on... HGTV under the Windy City. So if you look for that, she's a consultant on feng shui for that. And she's going to talk to us about how to improve elements in your life through feng shui, how feng shui creates a free flow of energy in your house, and what section of your house is for finances and which section of your house is for relationships. Like I didn't even know we had specific sections. Did you, Bridget? Oh, I did not. In the map, and I'm not even going to ha- try to pronounce the oh, name of the yes. right now, but you'll hear about it in the podcast. It's really interesting. It's almost like it's divided into a big tic-tac-toe board, right. just, you know, where doors are and where the stairway ends and everything. It's so amazing. And she also has a book out called Teaching from the Heart with feng shui. So it's really, it's a great book. It's got little illustrations in there of the different uh, mapping of your house. And she also was an elementary school teacher. And I love how she brought that into the classroom. And I thought, oh, I wish I had read this book back when I was teaching, because it's so interesting. She talks about the female and male energy and that uh, just the yin, the yin and the yang energy. And I thought she was just talking about in the classroom, you know, how the really bright colors are a lot of male energy, but we need to bring some stuff to calm it a little bit. And elementary schools are full of the primary colors because it's the primary grades. (laughs) And um, so that all of this was just fascinating and really how to try to bring those elements into your own home and the way you live and just having good energy come through. Right. And Bridget was mentioning that map and Bagua map, I believe is what it's called. B-A-G-U-A. Again, Bridget and I were just attempting it. She does. Christina explains all about it. And she talks about the elements of feng shui, which is fire, water, metal, earth, and wood, and how different, how they can be represented in different shapes and colors in your home. So if your relationship section, maybe you have two of, of this or two of that, and your other section may have a wood element and how to kind of cleanse because we all hear about how to cleanse and sage. And she also talks, I had asked because I've always heard that if your stairs are at the front door, all your money goes out the door. It's just, it's so fascinating. And she's, you know, she's a consultant and she has seen results with her clients, improvement in so many aspects of career, life, relationships, family. So it's a really fascinating conversation. And we're going to let Christina take over in a few seconds. We just want to talk to you guys about a few things. And one being it's almost Mother's Day. Have you gotten your Mother's Day gifts yet? I always seem to wait to the last minute, but you know, 
and I hope my kids are listening because I love what we're <laughs> going to be talking about. So we are doing a Mother's Day giveaway bundle and it has, it's valued at over $700. And we have brands, we did a whole bundle of brands, including beautiful necklace, pearl necklace and bracelet from Hot Girls Pearls. We have a $120 gift card from Genev Telehealth to meet with one of the experts. We have a t-shirt from us because who doesn't want a Hot Flashes and Cool Topics t-shirt that says, who says we want to be younger. We are giving away wild women, tinctures and powders, the entire line of state of menopause. We're also giving away Bossa Energy Bars. Care Beauty. Care Beauty. See, I knew I was free. Yes. And Care okay. Beauty Skincare, which is for women 40 plus. There's something for everyone. So one lucky mom will get mm-hmm. all of this. Or if you happen to have a mom, stepmom, several grandma, you can Another separate figure. it. Yeah. And somebody it's- that had a mom, anything. <laughs> yeah. If you're a mom, you can keep it all yourself. But go yeah. to hot, yeah. hot flashes, cooltopics.com. The very first page, you will see the collection as well as the way to enter. It's very simple. You just click on it, leave your email, and you'll be entered for a chance to win that. If you want to see this video, because All of our videos are now up. Well, all of our recent videos are now up on vitalc.com, which is our new partner. This one's helpful because it's hard to talk about mapping and different things if you can't see it. Go to vitalc.com. That's V-I-T-A-L-C-Y.com and check out this video along with a bunch of cool things they have on there. They're now doing trips and vacations and it's for the peak stage of life. And we are all in the peak stage of life, aren't we, Britta? Absolutely. Yes, we are. We're going to let Christina do the talking now and enjoy. Welcome back to Hot Flashes and Cool Topics. Today we have on Christina Hollinger and we are going to talk all things feng shui. So Christina is a feng shui consultant. Welcome, Christina. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Well, we're excited. I'm really excited about this because I don't know that much about feng shui, but I'm all about energy in a room and you can kind of sense it when you walk in. So can we start at the very beginning? Can you explain the concept of feng shui? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, feng shui has been around for a couple thousand years. So I certainly did not invent feng shui. And I always tell people I'm a vessel for this work. But what I do think is that maybe for some of the listeners and even for you, this is sort of what I like to call a new to you manifesting method. I like the manifesting aspect of feng shui. And here's what I will say. I discovered feng shui about a decade ago. So in 2012, and what really hooked me and got me interested was that you can work with a tool called the Bagua map. And the Bagua map is essentially this nine square grid, which divides your home into nine areas of life. So everyone listening has, if you have a house or a home, wherever you live, you have a wealth area, a career area, a relationship area. And so essentially feng shui is, you know, working with energy, making sure that there's good flow of energy throughout the home. And then you can also target certain areas of your home to improve different areas of your life, which is really magical and fun. And it's all about vibrational frequency and really quantum physics. So it's, but it's simple. So I didn't mean to like throw that out there, but it (laughs) it is, it is simple. And it's, and that's been my mission. I'm a teacher at heart. I've been teaching and working in public education for 15 years. So of course, as soon as I discovered feng shui and I experienced magical results right away, 
I knew I had to get certified right away so I could teach other people about this magic. So it's just been kind of growing since then. Can you tell to us how this came about, how you got into uh, feng shui? Sure, I'd love to tell you. Um, So in 2012, I was actually in what should have been a really happy time in my life. I had just gotten married. I just got a brand new teaching job, one that I had totally dreamed of for a long time. I was at optimal health. I had a new workout regimen that really kept me busy. And yet deep down, I felt like this longing for something more. And, you know, maybe it was like this post-wedding blues because I didn't have anything to look forward to anymore or something, but, but really what ended up happening is I looked around our South loop apartment and the walls were stark white. We had these beautiful floor to ceiling windows, but it felt pretty cold and industrial. And I thought, let's make this space a little bit more welcoming. And that's when I stumbled upon feng shui. I wanted to make it look good, but also feel good. And I set my intention, everything I read online, I was a Google guru, so to speak, for the first time I tried feng shui. I learned that you should start in your bedroom because that's where you spend a third of your life sleeping, of course. So I started feng shui with my bedroom. And then when I discovered the Bagua map, I went to the wealth area, which is our living room. And then I also feng shui the entrance to our apartment because That's another really key space because that's where all the opportunities and abundance enter your home and your life. Within six months of the feng shui adjustments, my husband got an unexpected promotion. We found out we were expecting our first baby and we moved to our first house. We fled the city and went to the suburbs. (laughs) And that's kind of where I say that was the beginning. And then when I went to the feng shui Shui school of Chicago with Lori Polly, I realized that there was a lot more to feng shui than what I had read online. And that's when really my, my true transformation began. But I like to say I've been expanding ever since, which has been pretty magical and fun to share with other people. I think there are certain things that people know about, and I'm not even sure if they fall into the category of feng shui, but things like saging your house when you get a new house just to get rid of all negative energy or making sure the stairs don't lead right outside the front door because there's like a saying that money will flow out with stairs. So people kind of touch around that, but you're saying there are like nine areas of feng shui that can improve. Can you talk a little bit about what those elements are? Right. So this is super fun. If even, you know, if you go to my website, christinahollinger.com, you can get an instant Bagua map. So you can kind of have a visual reference. I'm a very visual person and you can see the Bagua map. And essentially there are only five elements in feng shui, but each of the nine areas of life really benefit from one of the elements primarily. So I love to use the wealth area as an example, because everyone always wants to know how to, you know, make that money, improve their wealth and finances. So for example, if you were to lay the bag map on your home, the school I practice is called BTB school. It's also known as front door feng shui. So you always use your front door. That's where you start. And when you walk into your home through the front door, the far back left area of your home is your wealth area. And then the far back right area of your home is the relationship area. Those are considered power positions. And I feel like once you can identify those, then it kind of helps you figure out where all the other areas of your life are. 
And then let's say you want to improve your wealth and finances. You go to the far back left area of your home. And this area is predominantly benefited when you add some of the wood element. So then you can represent the wood element with the shape of a vertical rectangle. So you think of like a tree trunk or a tree growing up. You could represent the wood element with colors like Green really is a lush color to represent wood and then wood itself. So furniture pieces and different things like that. And then I like to tell people with wealth, the secondary element is the water element that actually brings in the flow of money. And in feng shui, water is associated with money. People love to know that. So anytime you can add um, any wavy or odd shapes to get that water element going, a mirror represents water. And then even pictures or imagery with the water images would be wonderful in that space too. You also talk about the the yin and the yang. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So if you've ever seen the symbol that, you know, black and white yin yang symbol, it's really all about this duality that we live in. And that yin energy is going to be that soft feminine energy and really that's the dark, the black color is like that deep going within. And the yang energy is really when you think of that symbol, the white color, it's that vibrant masculine energy, which by the way, we all have masculine and feminine energy. So all areas of the home are going to benefit from a little bit. And I especially talk about this when we talk about feng shui in the classroom, right? Because children are so lively, they naturally have that yang energy. And yet we fill our classrooms with these bright fluorescent lights and all this technology, which is this high frequency yang energy. So how do we bring in the yin for the balance? Also, like thinking about your kitchen, your kitchen is going to be really benefited by that yang energy. Some spaces you want to have that live, vibrant growth. And yet in your bedroom, you're going to want to invoke some more of that yin energy for rest, relaxation, and rejuvenation. So there's many different ways when you can where you can represent. So again, yang would be lifting the shades, letting in natural light. uh, maybe some vibrant music, louder music, more upbeat music. And then you can also opposite add some yin vibes. If you wanted to have like a dimmer switch and you can dim the lights that way, or put on some smoother, slower classical music. So the energy of a space can be represented visually through shapes and colors, but then you also have these other elements like lighting and sound that can also really influence your energy and how you're feeling. So many people are working from home now and they have home offices. What would you recommend as far as the elements for a home office? I love this question because you're you're right. A lot of people are working from home. And even if you're working like me from a cubicle or a classroom, I think that this really can pertain to anyone in any workspace. Um, ultimately, see, I'm a Libra, so I'm all about balance. And that's probably why I love feng shui so much is because it helps me to create a sanctuary and create balance anywhere wherever I am. So wherever you're working, and in particular, if you're working from home, just kind of think about what it is that you really need in order to be successful in that moment. So if you need to be focused and have a lot of clarity and energy, then 
there's a few things you can do to add that yang energy and get that vibrancy. First of all, natural light is so underrated. Open up your shades. You could even light a candle. That's the fire element. The fire element improves your fame and reputation, gives you confidence and vitality. So light a candle, bring in some flowers, even the bamboo plant is really great for the upper left-hand corner of your desk because that's the wealth area of your desk. And bamboo is hollow, which represents the openness to receive. Bamboo represents the wood element because it's like it's growing upwards and it's going to just help you to attract and grow your finances. But you could even put some really pretty purple flowers on your desk because again, purple not again, I guess this is new. Purple represents the wealth element, um, the wealth area, and it activates it. And flowers in general just are going to really represent abundance and growth, and they replenish the chi or the energy. So if you were to light a candle in your home office, you're going to burn any negative or stagnant chi. And if you bring in some flowers, you're going to replenish the positive chi. So it's just simple things like this that you can add to your home office, bring in the joy because really that's when you're going to be the the best at manifesting and feel the best is when you feel joyful in your office. Um, And I don't want to keep going on and on, but this really isn't about decor as much as it's about the way you're seated. Both of you, as we look, you're sitting in the command position. And this is probably the most important thing, whether you're working from home or from an office, is to really situate yourself where you're sitting in the command position, which means you can see the entrance of the room and you have a solid wall behind you for the most confidence, the most clarity, and to be able to really communicate with the highest energy. And that's what you need when you're working, right? That's the whole goal is to be a really, really strong at communication. And that's when the prosperity starts to come in. Colleen, you touched on this, the front door. And I'd always heard something and I don't know um, if this is incorporated in it, but if the, if there was like a back door all the way from the end of the front door, is that money flows out or something? Can you talk about that? I love how we just keep going back to the money. I know, um, and I know. <laughs> but you know, money is energy. And so mm-hmm. I really do think that those are two interchangeable things. Um, so both of you had referenced, like if you walk in and there's stairs right upon entering, does the money flow out? And what I'll say is that's the scenario that I have. When you walk into our front door, there's the stairs. And the cure for that is to put a crystal either in the light fixture of the foyer or even just to get like a round rug to keep the energy flowing so it flows evenly throughout the home. And then again, keep the money and opportunities flowing evenly. And in regards to what you are saying with, if you walk in and your front door and back door align, that's also true. Then it means like the energy is just flowing in and going directly out. So it would be the same type of cure where you would want to put a crystal or a round rug to get things moving and possibly even like a beautiful piece of artwork in the hallway leading to the back door so that it catches your eye and where your eye goes, the energy flows. That's how it kind of works in feng shui. It's, it, it kind of helps you to, to really visualize like a stream of water 
And where's that water going to go? You can walk your house and then you can just do things with intention to slow the energy down. And so that could mean putting not only artwork, but if you have the space to put like a little table with some candles and fresh flowers in between before you walk out the door, just because that'll slow the energy down a little bit. You were talking about the back right corner of your home from the front door being relationships. What should you try to incorporate in that area? This is an awesome area. Even when I talk about it in regards to the classroom, it represents partnerships. So it can represent harmonious partnerships in business. It can also represent attracting the partner you desire. Or if you're married and you don't feel that your partner is being the person you desire, or maybe you're not being the person you want to be in that relationship, you can absolutely improve relationships by focusing on this area. So every time I go on a call, I always like pick a crystal. And today I happen to pick two rose quartz crystals, which are perfect for the relationship area. Rose quartz, um, the rose color represents and activates the relationship area. So that space is really activated by the earth element. So you might think sand tones, dusty rose, kind of neutral muted colors and using pairs in the relationship area or even numbers of objects, it's going to really activate partnerships. And you want to think about equality in partnerships as well. So having two of similar sized objects is going to be really beneficial here. And, you know, trying to make sure that if you have a picture or painting, making sure that there's two people or even two animals represented or even number of flowers represented in in that artwork, just because it's all about intention and that subconscious mind. Every time you look at it, you subconsciously are telling a story. And that's really kind of leads me to one of my favorite quotes is that your home is an affirmation for the life you desire. So you can truly, once you learn about the Bagua map, you can kind of look around your home and, and wonder, is it telling the story or the narrative that I want my life to be telling? And if I'm not happy, like, let's say I'm working, I want to improve my relationships, go to the relationship area, assess it. Is it organized? Does it feel good? Or are you uncomfortable? Do you avoid that area of your home? It just tells a story. And then the best part about feng shui is that you can rewrite the story. So with the map, is if you have like a two-story home, how does that work? That's a really great question. And that's when I think people like to call me in because they're like, okay, like I kind of got this, but then they're surprised when we go upstairs and the Bagua map starts at the top of the stairs. And it's, it's not super complicated, but I sometimes lose people here. So when you walk to the top of your stairs, you can visualize the far back left area of your upstairs is the wealth area. The far back right area is the relationship area. But what about any bedrooms behind the stairs or bathrooms? Those are considered outside of the Bagua map, at least for that top floor. So there's definitely things you can do. Um, as a feng shui practitioner, it was kind of a benefit when I would go shopping for houses. We looked at like 70 houses before we chose this one. <laughs> That's a whole other story. But one of the kind of deal breakers for me 
was if the primary bedroom was outside of the Bagua map, that could mean that the parents or the people like who own the house and live in the primary bedroom, they might not have sort of authority or control in the household, or they might feel like the dynamics are off and like the kids are running the house, so to speak. So of course, in feng shui, there's always a cure. But for me, I was always very interested in looking at homes where the primary bedroom was inside the Bagua map. And then, you know, we have two bedrooms outside of the Bagua map in our house. Now, one of the bedrooms is my son's room. So that could mean that he feels left out of the family. So the cure for that is when you walk to the top of the stairs, you put like a convex mirror, one that kind of bubbles out at the top of the stairs. And essentially what that does is that pulls the bedrooms in. So if you're listening out there and you're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, she's explaining my bedroom. I have no control over this house. Just put a mirror up at the top of the stairs with the intention. That's always the most important thing with the intention of pulling in your energy or your children's energy so that everyone feels included in the household. This is just another kind of interesting thing. Like when you think about chairs at the table, it's amazing because I've done this before and I've been to many consultations where there will be a chair pushed off to the side in the corner. And I always recommend people to bring all the chairs to your table because a chair pushed off to the side could represent someone in the family who's not coming to the table, metaphorically and, and in real life too. So it's just interesting. There's so much to learn about feng shui. <laughs> there is. Oh, I know. There's so much. I'm sorry. I could just keep going, but it's no, like, but it's, so it's fascinating. fascinating. When- <laughs> it is. A lot of times, like for people who are empaths or have kind of feel the energy of a room, if you walk into one of the rooms in your house and, or really a meeting or an office space and the energy is just off, you can sense it. Is there anything you can do to, to help that? So I'm a Gabby Bernstein spirit junkie. And what I mean by that is I took her masterclass and it's really geared towards spiritual entrepreneurs like myself. And what it helped me to learn and really realize is that we all have personal energy and we need to protect it, right? So I also learned this through my feng shui practice. I just deepened that knowledge through taking Gabby's class. But um, basically in feng shui, we work with three different types of energy and I will get to the answer as far as what you asked me, but I want to give the little background. We work with the universal energy cosmic energy. So we look at how we're affected by moon phases and some of the planetary actions. The second type of energy that we look at in feng shui is our environmental energy. So how our immediate surroundings are impacting us. And then the third type of energy that we look at in feng shui is personal chi or personal energy. So that would mean how we're influenced by other people's personal energy, as well as how we balance our own energy. And so it's all important, right? Um, And if you want to become a magnet for miracles and what you desire, it really comes down to balancing your personal energy in different ways. You know, blessing, one of professor's favorite abundance cures was bless your food, send positive energy to it, bless your water, because that's what's going to nourish your personal energy and truly make you a magnet for what you desire. So that being said, you know, if you walk into a room, many people who are listening, if you are an empath, you identify as someone who's sensitive to energy. I believe we all are to some degree. It's just how aware you are of it. I wasn't aware that I was an empath till I was 30. So 
much of my life. But once I realized I was so sensitive to other people's energy, I realized like I need to, I literally put a protective bubble around myself energetically and simply setting the intention to protect your personal aura, your energy. And like um, Gabby would call it zip up, close your cloak. In feng shui, we actually have like a mantra and a mudra, a hand motion to physically protect your energy. And I do that. I learned to do this before a feng shui consultation. And it's not because I don't think you're good people or you're nice or whoever I'm stepping into an office with. It's just that we want to stay in our own energy and our own power and not be influenced by the outside. And then that bubble, that guard, that invisible energy field that you put around you with intention needs to be replenished throughout the day. So it's kind of a woo answer, but I've had a lot of training and a lot of experience to truly believe that it is impactful and effective. So. And honestly, it can be very draining when, because I like to call them energy suckers or energy vampires, but there are people out there that can just literally drain your energy. So are there ways when you walk into your home that can help, are there crystals or ways you could set up your home to kind of recharge your energy. Absolutely. And that's why, first of all, crystals, like you can literally just carry a crystal in your pocket or somewhere on your body to protect you and set that intention. That's another way to protect your energy field. But truly what you're talking about right now is why I truly believe that it's so important to make your home a sanctuary and to apply feng shui the best of your ability and set your intentions and just make your home this space that's going to support your dreams and desires. I love talking about this. This is like, again, a little woo, but I love talking about it. We've painted pretty much every room in our house since we moved here five years ago. And before we paint the walls, I'll look at which area of life it is. So for example, right now I'm sitting in our home office, which is you're all masters of this now. It's in the far back left area of our home. So <laughs> it's in the wealth well area. <laughs> and yeah, so I, with pencil, I wrote eight intentions for our abundance and prosperity in our life. Eight, because here's the deal with the wealth area. It's activated by the number four. Every single guat is activated by a number. Wealth is activated by four. So I like to double it eight. And that works too. It's the infinity of energy and abundance. And then I had my husband write his intentions. And later on down the road, I actually even had my kids start to write what we call dreams. They write their dreams before we paint in my daughter's wall and things. And what I'm, what I'm getting at here is that we paint over the writing. No one sees it, but this room is vibrating energetically with our dreams, desires, and intentions. And it feels so good to know that we're being supported. And I'll say one other thing. I, I have a coach and she worked at the Chopra Center for many years and still does. And she works with Deepak and it's so cool talk to, talking to her because she told me that when she built her house, she put crystals in the, in the new construction walls. So you can't see the crystals, but her home is vibrating this energy. So I just feel that for listeners who are interested in protecting their own energy, you know, create that home sanctuary and that's where you can recharge and it's truly going to change your life. And you'll probably manifest a new job where you don't attract energy vampires anymore. 
<laughs> how was your school? How, what was the reaction of the administration? And what, what did the children do or the students do after you incorporated it into your classroom? I love this question. So for reference, I taught sixth grade in a public school for five years. And in the fifth year of teaching, I dedicated that year to feng shui my classroom. I had been officially certified. I was in the midst of writing my book and I never called it feng shui right? Like I didn't tell my kids like, Hey, I feng shui the classroom. What do you think? And I really didn't even tell teachers that I had done it, but so many teachers would walk in the room and just say, wow, it looks so good in here. It just feels good. What did you do? And no one ever knew, but things I would do would be making sure that I lifted the shades to let in natural light. I, to this day, still use this lavender sage spray. It smells so good. Lavender is supposed to be a very calming scent. And then it's like charged with like this positive Reiki energy. And that's easy to use because you can spray sage in your car, in your home office, in your office at wherever, your classroom. I would use that when the kids were not in the room. Even if they were in the room, I don't think they would have minded. But when the kids weren't in the room, I would open the windows a bit let in some fresh air, clap my hands along the walls to break up the energy. And if you watch Windy City Rehab, I when I was on HGTV, I did that. And I didn't want them to record it because I feel so silly doing that, like clapping along the walls. But that is one way to break up any stagnant energy. And it's like the first step in a feng shui space clearing, which is what I did for Alice and Victoria. So of course they got me clapping along the walls, <laughs> but I would do that, you know, in my classroom when they were at specials or something. And it felt really good. And all my cl- every Friday we had like a 10 minute desk cleaning day and the kids would clean their desks. And the kids that already had really clean desks throughout the week would volunteer to like clean other parts of the classroom. So the energy was just always being renewed, refreshed and working. So like I said, never called it, I never called it feng shui, but I certainly applied all the principles, set my intention. And that year during parent open house, my superintendent knocked on my classroom door and I was six months pregnant at the time, maybe maybe five months pregnant. And he looked at me, he said, did you, did you get a phone call from, you know, someone in the district where we were wondering when you are graduating with your admin degree? And I said, oh yeah, I graduate like this summer. And he said, okay, well, did you apply for the job yet? And I said, what? He's like, oh yeah, we want you to apply to become an administrator. And so That was the only year I got to use feng shui in my classroom because in the next year I became um, an assistant principal. And so I would like to tell people the feng shui totally worked and I am working with, uh, I'm working with a teacher right now who's feng shuiing her first grade classroom and I'll save those stories for another day, but let's just say it's going really well for her students as well as for her. What are things you should avoid putting in your house if you want good feng shui? That's a, that's a really good question. Decorative swords or weapons, things like that. 
there's actually a place for them. Like you would want to put that in the fame and reputation area because it really represents like that fire energy. That would be kind of a no-no for me just because I don't really like the way it makes me feel. But I think if someone really, really likes that and that's part of what they want to do, then there's a place for it. In general, this is what I would say because you have to use your inner compass and I don't want to offend anybody. I just feel that, you know, look at if it, if it doesn't bring you joy, that's kind of that Marie Kondo (laughs) coming out in me. But I do feel like if it doesn't bring you joy, look at it, hold it, think about the memories it brings. And if they're not joyful, then you would really want to consider if you really want that on display, because again, your home is an affirmation for the life you desire. And subconsciously, if you're always looking at that, it's going to have an impact on your life. Um, And then there's like, just like these really lit, like if you look at something figuratively, think about how it translates literally. Like if you have like an animal skull, like what does that literally say (laughs) about your life and about like that area of your life? You know, is it really the story you want to tell? And um, the last thing I'll say is, you know, feng shui is thousands of years old. So decluttering is sort of this new concept. Like we live in a consumer world now where before thousands of years ago, it wasn't like this, where you just go to Target and get whatever you want and just buy new clothes every season. And this is a very new concept, but I would say like just clutter in general, there's a difference between you're busy living. So like you, you're in the middle of a project. So you've got like things all around because you're in the middle of a creative project. That's different. But like, if you have a pile of unpaid bills, just sitting out and you can't get to it today, or for teachers, a pile of ungraded papers that you can't get to today, subconsciously, it's just going to stress you out. Right. So just having a place for everything. I like to say everything has a home. So just kind of organizing it, not so that you forget about it. Like you're going to get to your bills maybe this Saturday, but just, you know, have a folder to put them in a space tucked away until you get to it on Saturday. And same thing with like grading papers. I found it very, very like helpful to like kind of conceal anything that we weren't using. Like if there were math books that we weren't going to get to until third quarter, they weren't out in first quarter. You know what I'm saying? So just little stuff like that, I think is just going to help you simplify your life and then also just attract more of what you desire because you're saying no to more of what doesn't inspire you. We're going to make sure to have your website link in the show notes and your books as well. And you do, you know, consultations, you have some great blogs and information on your website. So definitely guys go on to Christina Hollinger. It's.com, right? Yeah. Christina Hollinger.com. And I even started my own podcast. So and what is the name of your podcast? Feng Shui with Christina Hollinger. Oh, well, that's easy enough to find. It is. It is. And like, I'm kind of fangirling right now because I just had um, Sage and Serena Dyer on my show, Wayne Dyer's daughter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he's like, he was one of my like favorite spiritual teachers. So I will, what I'll say about it, like I I named my, I just started its new season, but I called it Feng Shui with Christina Hollinger, but we just cover so uh, such a variety of topics, which you know, I just, people know me for feng shui. So I feel, felt like that was an easy, easy uh, title, but it could be misleading. And I just, can I say one more thing? 
I, as you were talking about your adult children, your grown adult children, I just wanted to give a shout out to the, to the fact that there is a children creativity area in your home. And I always like to tell people that you, if, even if your children are grown and out of the house, you can still set your intention for them in this space. And I just think it's just really empowering because I, I, I have a four-year-old and a seven-year-old. So I cannot even fathom or imagine what it's going to be like when they're older and out of the house, but they'll always be my babies. So I can only imagine how much you think about them or possibly even worry about them. And I think, you know, that's the one thing I like about feng shui is if you are having challenges in any area of life, and it even could be with your grown children, go to that area of your home, set your intention. You're going to want to add some of the metal element, clean and declutter. And you know, you don't even have to tell them, but just doing that for them, it could, it could, who knows how it could change their life or how it could change yours. So just wanted to throw that in there. Well, thank you so much, Christina, for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much, Christina, for being on our show today and teaching us all these fascinating things about feng shui. I really want to do some things to my house now. Right. Don't you feel like you have to go downstairs and like move things around? Move things around, bring in different elements. And then I think about, you know, like she talked about the top of the stairs and if there's a room behind the stairs. And yeah, just to get mirrors and things to include them. And Maggie, I'm sorry, the room I picked out for you is behind the stairs, but (laughs) my daughter's is as well. (laughs) Yeah. You never really lived here anyway at this particular house. (laughs) It doesn't count. It doesn't even count. So So you can check out her website. She has a bunch of videos and information. And if you want her to be your consultant, you can check that out as well. She works with individual clients. Make sure you are subscribing to the podcast because we just, every week we interview people and we're like, gosh, this is so fascinating. I hope the people are enjoying it and give us some feedback. If you have a chance, go to hot flashes, cool topics at gmail.com or better yet, leave a review on Apple podcasts because the more positive reviews we get, the more these podcasts will go out to more women over 40. And and we just want to get the word out that we have a lot to talk about in this stage of life. And, And Bridget and I are not afraid to find the answers to those questions you want to ask us. So make sure to email them. That is correct. Just make sure you <laughs> follow, follow us on all social media accounts. Check us out. We are on, we are now on TikTok. So make sure you follow us on there. We have a great Facebook group, Hot Flashes and Cool Topics. So make sure you, if you want to, to get answers to questions or you have a question on there, Our members are so wonderful and helpful. Um, If we don't know the answer, we'll try to find an expert or refer to one of the experts that we've spoken to on one of our podcasts to help you with your question. We also are on Instagram. So check all the things out. I just want to say that Bridget posted recently on TikTok about her garage sale of all things. And she got over 9,000 people who responded. I mean, you had like 300 comments. It's yeah. that the world of TikTok is a fascinating place. It's to crazy. Us. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like I will plan a TikTok video. And then that day it was like, oh, I'm just curious if people like garage sales and like <laughs> me and my nasty sweaty head just put this video up. And I'm like, all these people wait in right now. I don't know. I think it's almost split 50, 50. Some people love them. Some people think they're too much work. 
They are a lot of work. What do you think? (laughs) So we're asking the listeners, email us. What do you think about garage? We were just shocked like because we've we've been posting. And now all of a sudden I'm like, Bridget, uh, the world of garage sales obviously is something we need Um, to cover on the podcast. Yes. I mean, I actually love going to them. I love the thrill of the hunt. Me too. They are a lot of work. You know, they are a lot of work. So, (laughs) Well, on that note, guys, we hope you have a great week and we will talk to you next time. Bye.